Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the message. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to grab our Bibles today. And Jesus, thing, grab your devices, your Bibles, your notes, uh, you know, your notepads, or, you know, wherever you want to, you know, uh, take your notes today. We're going to dive into the word. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. Amen. And we're going to read down to verse 11. Amen. Amen. So seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, neither are your ways, my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and breed bread to the eater, so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are we going to be talking about today? Higher learning. Higher learning. Higher learning. Higher learning. That's what we're talking about today. Amen. 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 We want to kind of really tackle, um, you know, even as we talk about the intent of God uh, and just go over this particular, uh, you know, uh, definition. What does it mean when we're saying that God is intentional? Uh, it is something that is done with intention, design, or purpose, done with full awareness of what one of what one is doing. So uh, when we're saying that God is intentional, he's doing it with a design in mind. You know, there is a he, he is a architect in a sense. You know, he draws he has drawn up the plan of our lives. You know, he has a design and that design has a purpose for it to be able to fulfill, you know, whether it is the testimony that is given through what we walk through, the things that we walk through, the things that we experience. He has an intent to what, you know, the purpose of what he's trying to do, amen, or what he has us doing at times. And also he's is done with full awareness, full awareness of what one is doing. So this in him being intentional, even when he allows certain things, even when things are, you know, not favorable for us, he has full awareness of where this thing is going to end. And this is where we sometimes can have to be comforted because, you know, some seasons in our life can be very, very long, right? You know, there's a, there's a, there's a fruit of long suffering. There's a fruit of different things that we, that we walk through, that, that suffering is a part of this lifestyle. You know, as we have to endure, forbear certain things, he, is, he, he has an awareness of how that is going to affect us. He has an awareness of what that is doing to us. He has full awareness of what that is going to do in us and how the end, the end and in combination with what is doing, what we're walking through right then, how that is going to come together to make that purpose be fulfilled, his purpose in our lives. Amen. So 
as we talk about higher learning, we really want to tackle us not being ignorant, 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 ignorant. And I know, you know, this may be a little, you know, offensive at first because nobody wants to think that, hey, I can be ignorant about something. Now, some people say, yeah, I can be ignorant in the fact of my behavior. But, you know, we, 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 we're going to deal a little bit with that, but not just behavior. We're just talking about also knowledge. There's some things that we are ignorant of. And therefore, because we're ignorant of those things, it's hard for us to follow and flow with God, even though, you know, God is trying to teach us a whole lot. Amen. So this is what we're talking about how you're learning. You know, there is a challenge for us to come to another place. You know, when we're talking about higher learning, you know, just in the natural, it's talking about going to college, you know, going to a different level of, uh, of studying, a different level of being a student, a different level of, of tutelage as far as what you're being taught and the, and the level of what you're being taught, how it may challenge you you know, because some of us went to college, maybe you went to get a trade, maybe you went to do different things. You know, when you came from high school, you might have been chilling in high school. You was OK in high school. You know, but when you went from high school and went to college, you was like, oh, man, this is a little, you know. Or even if you was in high school and you was in some really, really, you know, gifted classes, you know, you was, you know, you maybe you was in the top 10, you was in the top five you know, of the class, you know that you are, of course, you know, you're not dumb, right? But when you go to college, there are certain things, certain classes, there are certain things that, that you, when you go into these classes, you start thinking like, well, dad, you know, am I, you know, do I have it together? You know what I'm saying? And do I really have it? It can be challenging. And as we follow God, because of who God is, sometimes, it can be challenging as far as us learning what he is trying to get us to learn, us walking through the things that we have to walk through to learn the things that he is trying to teach us because there is a gap. We're going to deal with that gap just a little bit today. Amen. So here in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah is, you know, a uh, just a masterful prophet. You know, uh, it is talked about that this book is like a mini Bible. You know, it has 66 chapters and these 66 chapters almost really kind of really reflect the flow of the whole 66 books of the Bible. Now, there are 39 chapters where he's dealing with the law and judgment. And there's 27 chapters where he's dealing with the comfort and salvation through Christ. We see Isaiah with almost like this eagle eye type of, uh, uh, you know, just being able to see into those things that God wanted to do, being able to be a perceptive and aware of what God was speaking and showing him. And he gives us the suffering servant. He gives us, you know, the picture of who Christ is. He gives us, you know, the son that is going to be uh, born, that the shoulder that upon his shoulders, that the government will be upon his shoulders. He gives us these pictures of Christ hundreds of years before, you know, Christ is even stepping on the scene. You know, uh, God speaks to him you know, and gives, and he's giving this, this, this place of, you know, restoration and salvation uh, to give a people hope, 
Because anytime the prophets were sent, most of the time they were sent what to warn the people of the judgment of God, to call the people back to repentance, to call the people back to holiness, to call the people, you know, that did not think they were doing anything wrong. They did not think that the wrong that they were doing was that bad to call them to a place, to call them out of wickedness, to call them out of sin, to call them to a place of holiness. Amen. So this is where when we come to and we begin to understand that the Isaiah is now, you know, in the latter parts of the book where he's really kind of really focusing in on, you know, salvation, you know, restoration, bringing those things to fruition, you know, that God is going to do these particular things to give a people hope even before they went into a place of judgment, really to kind of really explain that God had, had this is God's heart. But if you turn, then you can actually skip the judgment. You can skip this other place of, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> where you're going through the wrath of God, where he's allowing the, the enemies to come upon you and to take you on. You know, this is where we and, and overtake you. So we have to make sure that when prophets are sent, prophetic words are sent, prophetic people are sent into our lives, um, prophetic situations that we walk through, that we are listening. It is, it is well known a lot of times people do not listen to prophets, you know, uh, and because of that, they have to go through the whole process of being stripped and being torn down and being, you know, going through where the enemy comes in and the enemy can have his way and all this other stuff to where now, now, you know, you're having to, you know, get to the place where you're being restored. Amen. Amen. So in Isaiah, he's talking about seeking the Lord. So seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Now this word seek, and you know, as we're talking about, you know, breaking ignorance off of our lives, how you're learning, coming to another place of, you know, really understanding who God is, uh, understanding where God has us. Um, you know, it is in that place of seeking that, you know, sometimes we have to be curious. Uh, one thing about when you get used to something, and as we go to Matthew chapter 19, we're going to be flipping around, as our pastor says, you can be a gymnast with us today in Jesus' name. We're going to be flipping around through a few scriptures. Amen. Amen. So if we go, if we go here in, uh, in verse 14, is this a curiosity that we have that helps us to begin to seek God? Right. Um, this curiosity that we have sometimes at a young age has been crushed through different things that when people begin to shut us down, when we ask too many questions, when we challenge too many things, when we have too many, when we, you know, certain answers are not sufficient for us, certain things are not. not and that's one thing for, you know, the truth to not be sufficient. That's one thing. That's because maybe you don't want to hear the truth. Uh, but it's another thing when, you know, you really do not understand yet. You don't have a good understanding. Amen. And as we see Jesus saying, you know, because sometimes at a young age, it is at that young age that people begin to shut us down. And we have to begin, begin to go back and look into our lives and those that are parents, look into how you've handled your children's lives. Have we have we been shut down and have we shut down our children to, to the place to where they only seek when it's necessary? You know, what did Jesus have to tell them? But Jesus said, suffer the little children, what? Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me for of, of such is the kingdom of heaven. So he said, look, don't stop them from coming to me. 
Don't stop them from getting close because they wanted to seek out. These children were not coming because they wanted to be healed. They, didn't, they were not coming because they wanted to be delivered. They were not coming. They were coming because they were curious. And so many times when we look at this particular scripture, uh, we talk about, you know, the, the humility of, of children, right? You know, this is why he's saying this is like the kingdom of God, right? Uh, but sometimes we have to look at the curiosity of children. Children, you know, want to know, want to be close. They, you know, I had my nieces and my nephews around here and I had to run them out the kitchen so many times. They didn't know it was dangerous. You know, there were certain things that was going on and in the, and they was right near the danger, right on top of the food breathing. You know what I'm saying? Like right on top of stuff. I'm like, back up, you know, but they're curious. They want to know. They want to taste. They want to, oh, I want that. And, and, you know, I want to be a part of that. I want to, you know, you know, uh, experience that. And this is the way that we should be with God. Are we still like that? Are you still like that this morning or have you become to the place to where you feel like, well, I know him or, you know, um, I'm not that as curious as I used to be. And the one thing that you can look at in your life is, is if you're not in the word like that, if you're not really seeking him like that, meaning seeking his presence, seeking to spend time with him, praying to him. If you're not in the word like that, trying to understand him, then you might be at a place where you stop, you, you, you stop your curiosity about him. This is, He's not interesting to you anymore, you know, or he's not as interesting as he needs to be, because we understand when it comes to a place of higher learning, higher learning, you have to be focused, right? You can't, you know, with certain, with certain, you know, levels of degrees, you know, I had my son call uh, Pastor Terrence, one of my sons, he's interested in computers, you know, uh, when I, me, me and Pastor Terrence actually went to the same thing, he, he finished, I didn't finish. But, you know, that's a whole nother story. In school, finish. In Jesus' name. <laughs> I had that conversation with my parents while they was here. Um, if you're in school, finish. Finish high school, finish college, finish school. In Jesus' name. But he finished. But I, I actually started with his saying, uh, uh, you know, being going into computer science. And when I saw the lifestyle that they were living in school, it was not the lifestyle that I wanted. Because it was a lifestyle of so much dedication to what they needed to do. These guys was in, in you know, in the in the lab and the computer. It was two, three o'clock in the morning. People was wide awake, still working. And you saw people in class the next day. I didn't stay in that in that particular major, but for about two weeks. And I said, "Oh, this is not for me. <laughs> this, this is not what I came to school for. I didn't come to school to work this hard." Listen to that, right? You know, that's not my mindset. And this is where we have to come and say, "Okay." At, at what level are you seeking? Are you coming to work really, really hard to be really, really focused on what God is trying to teach you? Amen. It, it, is, it is in the nature of children that their curiosity is so strong that it goes past the places of danger that they face sometimes. You know, when things are dangerous, they will step over the danger or just disregard the danger or the danger is not really that serious because what they want to know is more important than the, the threat of something that could hurt them. Amen. And this is where wisdom comes in, of course. But if God is saying, you know, come closer, we understand that there are some things when God says come closer that 
you know, there's some things that are going to pop off. There's some things that's going to happen. Well, there's some things that the enemy is going to try, but that doesn't mean the things that the enemy is going to try and the things that, the, you know, that's going to happen, the things that may happen in my life, those should not be a deterrent to the level of curiosity that I should have about God. Amen. Come on, give me verse 15. So this is where we have to make sure <clears throat> you know, that we get that closeness because this is what he said. And he laid hands on them and departed thence. He just laid hands on them. It was just being close, being closer. It didn't say that he cast the devil out of them. It didn't even say that he taught them anything. He used them to be a, a example to those that were older. They were actually the lesson. And see, this is the thing. When we begin to seek God, we not only begin to learn, but God uses us to be able to be the lesson for other people. You know, God uses us to be the lesson for other people about who he is and how he works and how he operates. Amen. So we understand what the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. So this this is where this this closeness that we supposed to have with the Holy Spirit in our lives. We get this when we have a curiosity that is stronger than the other things that pull on us in our lives. You know, we're so curious about, you know, success and curious about different things, you know, but we're not curious about how all these things tie in to where God can get the glory out of them all. We, we, under, we think sometimes we understand how he can get the glory, but have we really, really begin to seek him, to ask him, how do you want to do this? Let's go back to Isaiah. Amen. Let's flip on back to Isaiah. So he says, look, so look now let the, <clears throat> let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So he said, look, let the, let the, let the wicked man what forsake his way. His way. So what is he showing here? Our ways are what in the unrighteous, or what is really said here is the man of iniquity, the, not just the unrighteous, the man of iniquity, the man that has iniquity in him, his thoughts, because it's in the thoughts that iniquity is, is acted out, that is built, that is, uh, that is, that is exercised, amen? So sometimes it is in the thoughts that we're sinning, and it's not just in our actions. Right. It's in the, for some of us, it's easy for us to hide the thoughts. Right. Because we don't always have to express thoughts. We don't always have to talk about thoughts. We should be talking about these thoughts. We should be talking to God about these thoughts. We should be confessing about these thoughts so we can have some clarity in how we're thinking, our understanding. Because this is what kind of shapes our ways, what we do why we react, why we respond the way we respond, why we have certain habits, why we think certain ways about certain things. Is this, this is what shapes our actions. So there's a lot of sometimes wickedness sometimes we deal with even as believers because wicked just means twisted, meaning I can be slightly twisted in the way that I think about a person. I can be slightly twisted in the way that I think about God. I can be slightly twisted in the way that I think about the plans or the intention of God. And that would cause me to be a, to, to have a wicked way of trying to do a righteous thing. 
I try to do what's right, but when I try to do what's right, wickedness is there. Why? Because I don't have a good understanding. And I want to challenge you this morning not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. As we, as we get into this, that you understand that God is now is trying to call us to a different place of understanding that there are some things that we may still be ignorant of. There are, there are some things that we do not understand. There are some things that you don't totally get yet. There's some things where you have a partial picture, but you don't have the fullness. You don't understand it yet. And it's okay to say, I don't understand. It's okay to say, I don't have it. I'm, I'm confused. I'm frustrated. And, and it's okay to not give up on trying to gain the understanding. Because a lot of times, you know, people would just, hey, I'll just, I don't, I don't get it. So let somebody else do that. Let somebody else. It is the challenge that comes so we can be untwisted. It's okay to say, you know what? Mostly what I do is right in this area, but not everything. Right? You know, uh, well, mostly what I do is right for where I was, but now where God is taking me, then there are certain things I have to look at within myself to say, okay, now as I come to another place of higher learning, and one thing college does is do what? It humbles you. I don't care how smart you are, because you're going to meet, a, you're gonna meet a, a professor that's more smarter than you, more, more, more experienced than you. You're going to meet subject matter that's going to challenge you. And this is where some of us are. You are meeting certain things in your life with your walk with God that is coming to humble you. It's coming to humble because you realize as much as you knew, you did not know everything. As much as you, as much as you felt like you had, there is still more, there is still so much more to get. But this is where we have to go back and say, God, was curiosity crushed in me? Well, you don't need to know that. Why you ask so many questions? Well, God don't mind all the questions. You know, it's different when you're asking questions because you don't want to do and you're trying to find a way out. That's a different, that's not curiosity. That's actually wickedness. You're trying to manipulate that. You're trying to manipulate, you know, I, well, I'm, I don't understand this. And I, are you actually trying to seek understanding? Are you actually trying to let ignorance be broken off your life? Or are you just stuck in what you feel like is right? And then you don't want to you know, let go of what you feel like is right. You don't want to let go of what you have not experienced to say, you know what? There could be something more here. This could be something I've never experienced or never seen or never understood yet. We talk about God is eternal and it's going to take an eternity to know him. But at times we say, well, God, well, I know, I know God and I know the way that God does. And you can know him, right? But he still can begin to, you can begin, he can begin to invite you into a space, into a place of learning that can be brand new where you don't know him like that. And that be, he does that to keep us humble. Because when we feel like, oh, you got God, I got him, I got him down. He won't allow us to do that. He won't allow us to, to roll like that. He won't allow us to have him in a box like that. He won't. 
He will not. He he will he will let things switch up. He will say, "Well, you know what? You walk through this, and you won't know. You're gonna you're gonna be dependent on me. You're gonna have to trust me." So he's calling them to do what? He said, "Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, his understanding." And really, here is talking about his plans, his opinions, his, his, his way, his viewpoint, <laughs> his, his way of understanding things. Because what makes me unrighteous is I have a bad understanding sometimes. Amen? Come on, let's go. Verse 8. Amen? Say, so for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. So we see that there is a difference between us and God. There's a difference in thoughts, meaning understanding, opinions, plans. There's a difference in ways, meaning the, the mode of how I do things, habits, why I do what I do. Amen. So when, when we come to God, and let's go over to Hosea here. When we come to God, <clears throat> let's say we're going to be flipping around some. We're going to go to Hosea chapter four, amen? And we're going to go to, we're going to start at verse one. I got some focus here somewhere else, but we're just going to read down just for context, amen? So hear, hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, no mercy, no knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beasts of the field, and with the fowls of the heaven, and the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Yet let no man strive, nor reprove another, for thy people are as they that strive with the priest. Therefore shalt, shalt thou fall in the day, and the prophet also shall fall, shall fall with thee in the night, and I will destroy thy mother. My people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast, thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So look at this. This is powerful scripture, right? And then my focus here is in verse 6. Because he's saying because of their actions, because of what they were doing, there was no knowledge of God in all, in all, the, in all the, uh, the earth. And during that time, during this when Hosea, they were, they were so unfaithful to God, though they knew the ways of God, they were unfaithful to him. Amen. And this is what, you know, the prophetic comes to do. It comes to, you know, uh, this is Hosea being another prophet, being a very theatrical in a sense of his lifestyle, showing that, that, that the unfaithfulness of as he married a prostitute. 
as he married someone who was unfaithful, him playing the role in a sense of God trying to hold together the covenant to one that did not honor the covenant. Now he's telling them what thus said the Lord, this is what you're doing that you don't want to talk about. This is what's happening in the land that you don't want to you know, look at. And nobody has the right to actually come to another and say anything because everybody was wrong from the priest to the prophet to everybody. He said, you are those that, you know, you don't reprove one another, not because, you know, you're just winking your eye and you're just doing your thing and maybe you living right now. He's saying, look, everybody, you don't even have the right to reprove somebody else because you're in the same place. So this is where he said, look, and this is why my people are destroyed. What is being destroyed because lack of knowledge? Because we don't like the mode or the way that God wants us to get that knowledge. You don't like who it has to come from and who you have to get close to and who you have to let into your life. You don't like to have to try to come after the knowledge because we don't understand the coming after. See, this is the ways of God. One of the things that I've learned is you, the coming after humbles me. But when somebody comes after me, it actually, when I receive this knowledge, when it's coming when, when someone is coming to try to give me knowledge that I didn't ask for, give me knowledge that, 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 you know, maybe they feel like I should have, but I didn't come to seek, then I'm going to, it's, it's a threat of me being able to get this knowledge. But when I get this knowledge, the threat is, it is going to cause me to be, to be prideful. Because, oh, it came to me. But when you got to come out of the place of comfortability and when you're challenged to have to go and get it, then you're actually getting this knowledge and it's a little bit more valuable to you when you got to work for it, when you got to, you know, give give a little bit of your life, a little bit of your time, a little bit of your convenience for it. Then you're able to receive the knowledge in the right place. It's not good enough just to know. But it's good. It, we have to be prepared to know. You have to, the soul has to be prepared to receive. So he's saying, look, they, they, they were destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge, for being ignorant. For not understanding or even seeking out the understanding of how do I now live in this place towards God. Where I was in, look, look, I'm in a good place. I was in a good place. If you really read the next scripture, as they have, as they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, will I change their glory into shame. And this is where, you know, it is because this, when you get knowledge, pride can come with it. So sometimes God, it is not God that wants us to stay. Let's go back to verse six. And that wants us to stay, uh, no, verse six and uh, Hosea, Hosea four and six, thank you. Um, that wants us to stay ignorant. It's not, it's not that he wants us to stay ignorant. Sometimes we reject the knowledge because we feel like we know enough or we reject the knowledge by the way that we live. That God says, okay, I can't give you this knowledge because it's going to actually destroy you it's not going to help you it's going to be a trap for you the enemy is going to use it against you it's going to pull you away from me because knowledge without god produces sin 
Think about it. If we go back to the original sin, what did they eat of? They ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God did not want them to learn the knowledge of good and evil without him. So that produced sin. It produced them being, now perversion came in. Meaning now the, the twisted purpose, wickedness came in, fear came in, all these different things came in because they did not get the knowledge the right way. God wants you, us not to be ignorant. What does ignorant mean? Give me the definition for ignorant. Destitute of knowledge or education, meaning I have to learn. And everybody learns differently. And God knows how you learn, how you're educated. You know, it sometimes takes all your senses to be educated to get the knowledge, lacking knowledge or comprehension of the things specified, resulting from or showing lack of knowledge or intelligence, unaware or uninformed. Pretty much what is he trying to say? Look, when you don't have a good understanding, and, and, and honestly, you know, one of the words that, that, that uh, uh, Pastor Lincoln gave for our family prayer, it was about understanding. And that has so kind of just really, stood out to me because this is what God's been speaking to me a lot about. Have understanding about when you pray. Have understanding about what God has said. Have understanding about the word of the Lord that's been released. Have understanding about the call of God on your life. Do you have understanding? Because it was if you're destitute of the knowledge, you could be doing something not understanding what you're doing, you don't have comprehension of what you're doing, even if the Spirit of God leads you to do it and you don't understand why you did it, do you go and ask questions? Do you come back and say, well, God, what are you trying to do here? I didn't, I wasn't planning to do that. What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying, what do I learn from you through this? Why did you do that? This is the one of the ways I learned long distance when me and my wife was in Greensboro coming back and forth from Charlotte. I learned long distance. I would go, I would watch apostle, I would watch different leaders, and I would ask, why did he do that? I would go ask God. Sometimes I would ask him, but I would also ask God, and God would give me understanding. This is why. This is why. This is why. And sometimes I would come back to him and ask him, and he'd be like, yeah. Because mm -hmm. he he was doing it for certain purposes, but because, you know, sometimes we don't engage to learn. We're just trying to complete tasks, but we don't understand why you got to do. It. Why? Why are you aware? Are you informed about who you are, where, what God has said about you, or are you ignorant about it? I know I'll be ignorant. I'll be, you know, you can say, just tell from that right now. I, I'll be ignorant sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I'm ignorant of why, why, why you want me to do certain things? Why, why, why is it that, you know, you have chosen this? Why, why, you know, I'm ignorant. And sometimes I don't ask why. And sometimes my ask of why is really out of frustration. Ain't because I want to know. My ask of why is why don't you get somebody else? 
Why don't you ask somebody else? Why haven't you not chosen somebody else? Why? That's my asking why. Not for me to learn. Not all the time. So it makes me destitute of knowledge. And when you don't know, you get frustrated. I get frustrated. We get frustrated when we don't know. But if you don't know, are you breaking your pride to come and ask? And ask the right people. And ask the right questions. Ask the question you don't want to ask. Ask the question that may make you look like you're ignorant, because if that's the case, that's the case. Why hide? You don't know. But because sometimes we don't want the answer. Come on, let's go. Let's go back to. Uh, let's go back to Hosea four and six, and then we're going to finish up. Yeah. Um, so my people are destroyed for what lack of knowledge, meaning they did not not have any. It was a lack of the proper knowledge, the lack of the proper understanding to be able to do what they needed to do in the place that God blessed them. And he said, well, because thou has rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. So this is why we get turned down for certain things, because we lack the understanding sometimes on how to actually walk into the place of acceptance. God literally sometimes will shut off certain parts of things that we need to know because we, we want to get the benefits of those places without the knowledge and the process of getting that knowledge. The way that God would have you to get the knowledge. Because if God is saying, look, what did Christ do? When he called them, he said, follow me. I don't see any of them asking a lot of questions initially. He had to either be known that he was well known as a rabbi during that time, meaning a teacher. One thing in that culture, they understood it was a privilege to be called close to a teacher. It was a privilege to be called close to a rabbi, in a sense. To, to someone who, who, under, who had a good grasp on all the, they, they knew it was an invitation to learn more. It was an invitation for their life to be changed and not just for their brain to be smarter. Amen. So that what, so that they would, their life would be transformed by their learning process through the way that they learn, how he had them to learn certain things. This is why God uses experiences and words to teach us. He gives us words and then he allows experiences or he sends us into experiences or he uses the experiences that we choose to teach us more about his word and more about himself. He said, well, he said, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me, meaning in this place, you can't minister to me, minister to God. And this is why sometimes we are trying to pray or intercede from a certain place. And you don't under because you don't have an understanding of who you are. You don't have an understanding of how you can operate on what's upon your life, even though the devil does. The devil knows. 
And he has an understanding, the capability of what's been released to your life. But as long as you stay ignorant, as long as I stay ignorant, then he's like, oh, I can keep them in the dark. Then they'll never be the light they supposed to be. You get that? If he keeps us in the dark or if we choose the dark, then you can never be the light. You can never shine as bright as you're supposed to. You can never minister to him the way, minister to God the way you're supposed to. Because God understands who he is. Amen? So seeing that thou has forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So this affects whenever I don't learn, it actually affects the next generation. Come on, let's go back to Isaiah in Jesus' name. So he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. We're not the same. So we have to come to God and, and, and now come with a curiosity of, not just a curiosity, but now I begin to strip off of that I, that I know. You have to come to God just the way we are, ignorant. God, I don't know. Teach me. I know I read that before, but God, teach me. What does it really mean? What does it mean right now? I don't know. I'm willing to let go of what I've learned to, to learn everything that you need to teach me right now. God, teach me. God, show me. God, God help me. Amen. Come on, give me verse nine. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. So there is this, you know, God speaks from different levels, right? So when God speaks, and this is what we're talking about, the word, the word that he gives us, whether it be through a man of God, woman of God, whether it be in prayer, whatever God is speaking to you, you have to engage this word to get to learn. Many times what we do is we get the word and we feel like, well, I know what God is trying to do, or I understand, or all I have to do is believe. You know, as the man of God has been teaching us, look, take the word back to God. God, what do you mean by this? What should I do with this? What, how should I handle this? Is this the timing for this? How, you know, how, how should my response be? What did you mean by this? Because we understand. Look, at if we go back to last week, Joseph, he gave Joseph a dream, and we understand that God had a meaning. He had, he had an intention. He had, he had a purpose. He had a plan. He had an intent. He had an ending thought. He had a plan that, that he meant when he spoke what he spoke. And all of that cannot be communicated through the actual words that are being said. What, when God releases a word over your life, it, it, that word release is not the totality of what God it, it really means. It is now an invitation to a higher place, a higher level of learning, a higher level of understanding. Because God comes, his truth challenges us, right? So even when that truth is, oh, I called you to the nation, what does that mean? Does that mean you're going to travel or write? Because maybe you to the nations could be from your books and you travel some. Or maybe you to the nations could be from you traveling, you on the road all the time. What does it mean? God teach me. What does it mean? 
God, maybe it's social. Maybe it's this. God teach me. Help me not to go into a thing where I get your word and now I don't engage you because I know you. You speak on many different levels. Even as we're talking about Isaiah, Isaiah is what known for this book that's, that encapsulates the whole Bible. That of course Isaiah did not know that a Bible will be even you know canonized to sixty-six books that will also mirror the, all the prophecies that he gave through sixty-six chapters. That they, that even these prophecies will be even you know, divided into 66 chapters to be able to mirror that which the Bible is canonized into today. He did not know. He did not know. He did not know all of what Christ would do. He did not. <clears throat> there were different levels God was speaking to him. So this is why he said, for as the heavens, we understand that what there's more than one heaven, that three heavens, God speaks on multiple layers. So we have to keep on taking the word back to the Lord. God, what did you mean by this? This is why 10 years later, you can say, oh, you ever had one of those? The light illumination come, that's what, now I'm in the middle of it. That's what you meant. I thought it was this. I thought it was that. And then, and, and then you said, now what I went through makes sense by his ways. Now what I had to endure makes sense, his ways. Now I understand that without all of that, his thought, his plan would have been overridden by my opinions, my thoughts, my plans, my feelings. But if I don't engage the word, I could waste so much time. I could waste so much time and frustration and hurt people around me because I'm mad about what I don't understand. Come on, give me that scripture. <coughs> For as the rain, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud and that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So look at this. <clears throat> He's saying, look, so let me show you the pitch. When I speak, this is what, there's a process to it coming to pass. And this process is what I have intended in all of what I say. So when I speak, it's not just about the end result. The end result is in, everything is encapsulated to get you to that end. So our faith supposed to what transform us and renew us and bring us closer to God and save us. Salvation is supposed to be finished out through our faith. So God gives us certain glimpses into the plan and the purpose and his, and his intent for our lives. So, so we're able to do what? now begin to take certain steps of faith. But then we get challenged because certain areas seem like this is everything opposite of what you said. But everything opposite, experiencing the very opposite of what you have said is how the word you know, clashes with that, that which it has, has been sent to. You see what I'm saying? So the, 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 he's, he sent the word to this particular place. 
just like he sends rain and snow, what well, it comes down from heaven, right? But it comes to a dry place, but it waters the earth. And then it may, and it causes the earth now to begin to move and to begin to grow and to begin to germinate and to begin to bring forth what? A, a, a seed, to bring forth a harvest. To be, and now that harvest now becomes bread to the eater or eaters. Now it's able to be spread out between so many different people. Why? Why? Because it is that process. It's that process. It's that process. Amen. So it is this process that God is saying, look, now this word, this word now comes now to your life. So you have to engage it. You have to engage because it's not just one thing, not just about you. It is to now, now change you, now to transform you. It is to now bring you to a place to where now you're being fruitful. Amen. But the process is important. So we have to do what? We have to not get frustrated with the process. And we have to ask God, God, I know what you said, but God, what you said, what did you mean? Teach me. What you opened up to me, what did you mean? What you invited me into, what did you mean? Because this word that he sends to us, come on, give me verse 11, that when he speaks a word to us, it is, it, is, it is an invitation to his process of doing something in the earth that cannot be done without him. The proper way, the righteous way, the holy way, the clean way. And that is so much more than just uh, 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 the end result. It's so much more than that. The end result is by the time you get to the end result, you're supposed to have learned so much. But we get so focused on the end result that we forget the invitation is he's inviting us into his process. He's inviting us into now a higher level of learning of why he does the things he does, why he speaks the things he speaks. Why does he choose you to do what he wanted to choose? What was his intent? Even if it's just, I chose you because I chose you. I chose you because I th this was my choice. But we know he has intent on why he chooses. Why does he send certain children into the world, certain things? Why, did, why am I in the earth right now at this particular time? Because the word that now goes forth out of his mouth, it shall not return to him void, but it shall accomplish that which he pleases and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So the word clashes with what he sends and it causes that, 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 that which he sent it to have to change. This is why he said, let there be light and what all the darkness had to dissipate. You have to realize this is why the word has to be released. But when we he releases the when he released the word to us, it is an invitation to a high level of learning. God, what is it that you're trying to teach me that I don't know? I want to encourage you today to not be on a high horse. Not not think that you got it. To not think that hey, I know God, I know Him. Clean the slate. God, teach me afresh. Teach me, teach me all over again. God, teach me, teach me 
what I need to do, how I need to re, how I need to respond. Teach me to teach me why am I in this place? Teach me how to get past my frustrations and my bitterness that I got about what you have allowed in your plan. That I feel like your word keeps on clashing with these parts of my life, God. God, teach me how to receive the knowledge that you're trying to get to me. Teach me. Because the teaching is not just about the end result. It is about the process and the transformation of ourselves. So other people can be blessed. So he can show who he is. And as far as his glory, his majesty, his power. So by the time we see, by the time you really get the blessing, it's, you should understand that's not the blessing. This is when you know you've learned. We may still struggle with getting distracted by it, but when you get the blessing, what we call the manifestation, then it should not hold as much value as the one that promised it, the one that has now given it to you, the one that, that you understand if it was not for him and what he did in me, what he beat down in me, what he allowed these situations, what, what patience did in me, what long suffering did in me. That you understand without him, it's, it's all nothing. It means, it means nothing. So I want to encourage you today to come to the place of higher learning. Come to the place of higher learning. Be curious. God, why? You know how it is. You've you been around two, three-year-old, four-year-old. Why? Why we got to do that? Why you got to go to the bank? Why we got to go to the store right now? Why can't we go get something to eat? Why we can't, why we can't have cake? And you got to eat your meal first. Why, though? Why I got to? Why I got to eat my meal first? It's all food. Why? Why? What is that? Why are you doing that right now? What is work? What is money? What is it? We need to come to God like this. God, what is this? Why am I here? God, why am I experiencing this? God, why? God, what is it in my life that you're trying to show? How your glory, your God, teach me. Why? Come back to the curiosity of just wanting to know. I just, God, I just want to know. I'm going to seek out until I know. And look, don't let curiosity be taught, you know, uh, be bad in your mind. You know, some of the times we, we talk about curiosity because curiosity can be bad. It can, it can lead you when you give it to the enemy. You know, sometimes we can be curious about things that we don't need to be curious about, right? We could be curious about stuff or people we don't need to be curious about. No. Ask God why. Let the curiosity be sanctified unto the Lord. Amen.